Good morning again. Please turn your Bibles to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to finish up 2 Corinthians. It's hard to believe we're four weeks, four Sundays away from Christmas after today. So um, we want to wrap this up and then talk about some of the things leading up to Christmas. Uh, There is a holiday this week, right? Thanksgiving? I'm often, uh, I remember as a child, but then also even after we were married, we'd often be at my parents for Thanksgiving, and my dad would say, now what is it that we're thankful for? I love my dad. And, and there was always this kind of awkwardness to that. Uh, because you weren't sure what you should say. I mean, somebody had to say Jesus. Uh, you know, kind of these things. But what is, it, what is it that we are thankful for? Little things, big things. So, so we have a lot, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we don't feel it as much this year. Because our lives have been so disrupted. I, I think I, there is just a lot to be thankful for. But how do we become more thankful? How do we become more aware of the gifts that God gives? I, I'm curious. Let, let's have some feedback. By the way, welcome to the Facebook peop, live people, but you can't help here unless you send a note. But... Uh, How is it that we become more grateful people? What do we need to do in our own lives? And what is gratefulness? How does it reflect? I wrote down two questions. Is um, Can we really be thankful without being generous? Is that a fair question? Can we really be thankful if we're not generous? But let's then turn that around and say, can we really be truly generous without being thankful? The same question applies both ways. So what is it that we need in our lives to be more thankful? If you didn't catch it, this is where you talk. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So, so when we become aware of how many people don't have what we have, oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I, just, I felt uh, this is a generous church, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, yeah, what else? How, how do we be, learn to be more thankful? How do we become more generous could be the question then. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's really good. Like, I, I actually thought about that, those words too when we sang to the river. I'm going to the river bringing sins I cannot bear. Like the, what is it that as believers now, uh, let, let's look at the scripture because I think this, there is an answer in scripture and I think it is, it's fortuitous that we're looking at it in 2 Corinthians. Um, I, I'm going to, it may be, I'll try not to wind my way to it, but in, in chapter 8, let's, let's begin reading in chapter 8, verse 1. We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Okay, so let's stop. He is talking to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth, well, well, Paul is writing this during a time when the church at Jerusalem is suffering some really awful things. So, so there is a portion of God's people, the church at Jerusalem, that is suffering a great deal. And, and their, their financial means have been taken away. Everything has been taken away. And one of Paul's jobs on his missionary journeys was to raise money to give back to the church at Jerusalem. And uh, so, so that's the context of this. Now he's writing, so he's writing to the church at Corinth saying, I want you to know about the grace of God that has been given. And I want you to notice particular attention to the words that I kind of accent as we read this. The grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty has overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own free will, begging us earnestly for taking part in the relief of the saints, and this, not as we expected, but they gave them first they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly we urge Titus, as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. I was reading this passage earlier this week, and I came across that word act of grace. Huh. What is grace? It's like a free will, gift, generosity. And the the ultimate gift of grace is God's generosity to us in Jesus Christ, right? So, So that is the ultimate act of grace. But he's saying, when this church at Macedonia, they're poor, but they wanted to give because they understood that when they gave... They were participating in grace, in this act of grace. And I, I, th- I, I thought about that this week, and, I, and this ties in so well with what Andy and uh, Rochelle said. It's like when we can understand that it doesn't really matter how much we have, that's not the point. Paul says that's not the point. They're poor, but they gave. And, and so let's just keep going. But as you excel in everything... In faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For, we, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by you his... That so, that by, so that you by his poverty might become rich. We're rich. We're rich. 
That's what struck me about that song, To the River. Like, have, you, have any of you ever experienced the condemnation that comes with having sin in your life? Of course. This, this kind of heavy pressure of carrying burdens by yourself. And when those are relieved, you feel light and rich. And, and, and Paul is saying, look, the example is Jesus. That's the example. The example in giving and generosity and thankfulness is Jesus. But you don't become more thankful by simply thinking up things that we have. You become more thankful and, and more generous when you give away the things that you have. It's an act of grace. And there are only a few things in Scripture that are seen in this light. One of them is, uh, is the Lord's Supper. That is an act of grace according to Scripture. The other is baptism, and the third one is giving. And I was thinking about that and thinking about what is it that we do when we partake in communion? We are partaking in Jesus. Right? We're partaking, not, not, not literally, as, many, as some people believe, but we are, we, are, we are committing ourselves to each other, and to ourselves, and to each other, and to the kingdoms of light and darkness, that we are part of the kingdom of Jesus when we partake in both baptism and communion. The third thing that shows that we are part of the kingdom is when we give away what we have. It's that simple. When we give away the things that we have to people who need it, and I'm not only talking about money, I'm talking about kindness, words, and, and so on. I'm talking about, but I am also talking about money because Paul says, so I want you to now finish what we've done, what you've done. I want you to give so that the church of Jerusalem has the same things that you have, the freedom to operate well. He goes on, and, and uh, I'll just pick this up uh, in verse 9 again. I'm going to read, nine, uh, verse 9 is key, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And in this matter I give my judgment, this benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Now that can seem convoluted, but a year before this, Paul had apparently been there and encouraged them to give. Now he's saying, now finish it. Now is the time to do it. So we're going to pass the bucket, and you put your money in. You put your pledges in. You said you wanted to give. It's, now it's time. And he said, it's not, here's the limiting factor. The limiting factor in what we can give is what we have, right? He said, you can't give what you don't have. Uh, in, in verse 12, For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their needs. So when we give, one of the reasons we give is so that what we have, the riches that we have, can benefit others so they can live well. And, and this leads directly to giving financially. You know, I, I've discovered in my short lifetime, and I'm young yet, that there are four things that you can talk about that will immediately bring reaction to people. One is how they discipline their children. 
That, that gets an immediate reaction. If you get up and say, I'd like to talk about child discipline in a church, everybody's head comes up. The second thing is, is, uh, is speed, uh, speeding. If you want to say, uh, I think that uh, I saw you driving really. No, I was just, I was getting there in a hurry. You know, so how we drive. I don't know why it brings such a reaction. Um, the third thing is what kind of music we listen to. <laughs> I, I get the biggest kick out of this when somebody says, I'd like to talk about music. And everybody kind of goes, And the fourth thing is how we spend our money. And I, I, I'm, I'm just saying that, that I find it interesting that those four things, what's the same thing about those four things? Each of them reflects something about us personally. And I think that for, we have kind of believed that, that my money is mine to do with what I want. And yes, I'll give my small percentage because I, then I feel better about myself. But that's not the point. Paul said, that's not the point. The point is, you have the opportunity to participate in an act of grace by giving. It's much bigger than money. And I love that because it takes it away from the tithe. Do I think that the tithe is, the tithe is taught in the Old Testament? I think Jesus takes it and says the tithe is much, it's much bigger than giving a tithe. It's about giving yourself. By the way, I have been in some really interesting situations. I'll tell you two of them about giving that I, that I find really fascinating. Um, one of them is we once had a choir at, I taught at SMBI for 10 years, Sharon Mennonite Bible Institute, and um, there was a holiness church just on the road who wanted to use our gymnasium for a service. And so they had a visiting choir come in from Appalachian uh, School of the Bible or something like that, and the choir got up and sang, and at halftime, at intermission, they lifted an offering. And I have never seen an offering like that ever before. They had ushers, I mean, a lot of ushers in every aisle. And the ushers would pass the bucket, and when the, the bucket would come to the end of the aisle, the usher would look into it. And he'd say, I have a 20! And about that time, this guy hollers back here, I've got a 50! And they went back through there, and they were, I've got three 20s! And they'd holler out the amounts as they were coming in. And the one guy at the very, came, in, came through an aisle and says, uh, I've got a 5, and hands the bucket right back, and it went right back down the same aisle. You only had 5 bucks. You want more out of that aisle. Um, that's an interesting experiment. Now, I'm not suggesting that uh, necessarily. Uh, the other thing that, I, that we once experienced, Narita and I, is we were at a, a worship service in Nicaragua uh, where Christians from all over Nicaragua had gotten together. It was really fascinating. They, they sang, and they sang loudly. And I was standing beside a lady who had a carrot in her pocket. A carrot with the top still on in her shirt pocket, and she would sing and wave, and the carrot would fly out. And I'd pick the carrot up and give it back to her. She'd put it right back in the same shirt pocket. And uh, I later discovered that was her lunch. That's what she had brought for lunch one carrot. But as they passed, they said they passed the offering three times that day, the bucket. Now, these are poor people, they're peasants in Nicaragua. And one of the things that, that struck me is that people would put money in and then take money out. And Alan Roth was along and I poked Alan and said, what are they doing? I thought maybe the poor people were taking money out and the rich people were giving. He said, they're making change. And I, I said, uh, he said, that's all they have. And they just, they need a little money for their, you know, their family and so on. 
And as I was thinking about that, I'm thinking, maybe these people actually have something to teach us. These are poor people. They're poverty-stricken people who live in, some of them, in cardboard houses. And yet they're giving. Because they understand something about that act of grace. And it was easy for us white North Americans to condemn them for making change. That was the first thing I felt in my heart was like, well, they should just give it all of it. And like, uh, when I realized that that would mean the equivalent of putting your entire checkbook or your wallet or your credit cards all into the bucket and passing it and taking 20 bucks out so that you have something to buy lunch with. And as I was thinking about those things. Those are two kind of examples and, and I, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about what Paul is doing here. He's actually putting pressure on people and saying, it's time to give. Because he understands something about giving that, that is, is powerful and big. Something about thanksgiving, something about generosity. That when we are part of the kingdom of God, one of the ways that we, we, we give back in the kingdom of God is by giving. And it is an act of worship, an act of grace that reflects where our heart is. Now let's jump over to, to chapter 9 and kind of wrap this up by looking at chapter 9. It says this in chapter 9 verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, that, that little phrase, for God loves a cheerful giver, that all of us have heard all our lives. By the way, do you want to know what the Greek word cheerful means there? It means hilario. That, the Greek word is hilario. It's where we get our word hilarious. And the word actually means a belly laugh. Ho, 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 ho. From, you know, from deep within. And he's saying, give with a belly laugh. And I was thinking about that, not a chuckle. Not a giggle, but a belly laugh. And I was thinking about that. For God loves one who gives from the deepest part of him. When you laugh, the other night my wife watched something, was watching something on her phone, of all things, and I heard her start. Sorry, Narita. I heard her start out on the couch. And Theo and I were in the back, in the, in the, the den area, and, and I heard her start. And we both ended up out there looking at her. He stood there and looked at her, and I stood. She laughed and laughed and laughed. And it wasn't this kind of giggle or chuckle. And I, I'd been thinking about the sermon. I thought, that's exactly what God wants from us. He wants us to be the kind of people that give like that. Like with that kind of um, depth and strength. Everything about her. She was shaking all over, and tears were running down her face. Uh, and she won't tell you what she was watching or anything like that. It was something funny, obviously. And, and the point is, though, this, it, why, would God, why would Paul use these words? For God loves a cheerful giver. It's because sometimes when we give, we do it grudgingly. And you know how much God counts that gift as when you give grudgingly? Zip. Because giving is not just about the amount. Giving is about the heart. Thankfulness on Thanksgiving Day, is not just about the words you say, I'm grateful for my family, I'm grateful for Jesus. It's about the heart that is behind that when we say that. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. 
As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all your generosity, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. And by the way, that word inexpressible there is the only time Paul ever uses and most commentators think he made it up. It has this idea of this kind of word you can never use and and suddenly Paul is saying, you know what is the inexpressible gift is that God loved us and in turn we love each other and we give to each other. So giving is not about how much. Giving isn't if you give 10%. Giving is about your heart. And when you think about giving to the church, to the mission organizations, to the places God has called you to give, think about the fact that when you're doing this, it is an act of grace on your part that God is going to multiply this and it will bring forth riches abundantly. Narita and I have so many stories in our own personal lives of how people have given to us. There have been times in our lives where we have been rather poor. I remember one particular time we were in, uh, we've spent a number of years over our lives in either voluntary service or working for uh, very little in, in the kingdom of God. And we don't we are very grateful we did that. Don't take that as a means of saying, I'm, I feel bad about that. I don't. In fact, those are the richest, many of the richest, we had some really rich times. But I remember one particular time, um, we were in a place at voluntary service, and our car tire blew out. And we had enough money to buy a car tire. That is all the money we had. We bought a car tire. But... Our church was going to go camping that weekend. And we did not have enough money for the gas and the lot to go camping. You know, the rental fee to park your tent there. And she and I prayed. And that afternoon, I walked down to the mailbox, the place we were working, and opened the mailbox, and there was a personal letter in there to us, which is unusual. This was the ministry's mailbox. And I tore open the letter, and $60 in cash fluttered out onto the ground. The exact money I had spent for the car tire. And it was a note from an old friend who I hadn't heard of in five years. And he said, I don't know... The Lord just really prompted me to give. He said, maybe you and your wife need to take a weekend away and go camping somewhere. 
And my mouth, I mean, you could have, I went running up the hill, waving $60 in the air. The point is not that I got 60 bucks. The point is that my friend listened to the prompting of God. And the kingdom of God was glorified. When we give, when we give here to people, and when we live generously like that, when we sow bountifully, we will also reap bountifully. So my encouragement to you as we move into Thanksgiving and as we think about giving generally, in general, is like don't see it as an obligation. See it as an act of grace. Maybe what we ought to do when we can pass the buckets again is pray and say, Lord, as we partake in this act of grace, what what do we do when we have communion or baptism? We say this is a symbol of what is really going on inside of me, us. When we pass the bucket, we should pray, Lord, as we pass the bucket, this is reflective of what is going on inside of each believer as they give. That would be an interesting exercise. But that is the point of giving. The point of giving is so that the kingdom of God would be glorified. And there are many, many stories like that. I encourage you to read those stories to your children. Tell your children when you give. Children, we'd like to give because in giving, we are helping the kingdom of God grow and glorify. Let's stand together and I'll tell you one final story. When we first went to the conservative Mennonite church, I could not figure out what the ushers would do in the middle of the service when they'd come walking down the aisle and pass the bucket. I couldn't figure it out. And the first time, I remember the first time we were ever in a Mennonite church with my Uncle Ben, and uh, as the bucket came along, uh, I wanted to look into it. And it was a bucket. So I could, and there was a load of money in that bucket. And this uh, little kid inside of me thought, I wonder what they're going to do with that. It took me about three or four weeks to figure out what they're doing with it. And that, that was, that's a sad story, but it, it's, I think that you should actually tell your children, children, we want to give because in giving, and, and watch, we're, we're going to enjoy this giving. And in that way, you want your children to grow up generous? You be generous. You sow richly and bountifully, and then they will as well. And this is much bigger than money. This is much bigger because Jesus himself said, the widow's mite is more important than what the rich man gave. The two cents is worth much more than the hundred dollar bill when it's given with a generous heart. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, as we move into this season of thanksgiving, help us to understand that when we give, it is an act of grace. When we give to each other, it is an act of grace. When we give money, it is an act of grace. And teach us what it means to be generous and thankful and to appreciate and engage the pieces of life that you've given us. And Lord, you have given us a great deal. You have given us a lot. And help us to know how to give that away. And for your kingdom to prosper in beautiful ways. In Jesus' name, amen. The offering bucket is in the back on the